Welcome, welcome to Let's Talk Hair, the Combed Education Podcast. My name is Aras Nelson. I am your host. I am your fellow stylist. I've been in this industry for over 20 years and have learned quite a bit. And what I have found, especially over my last probably five or six years in educating, is those of us who've been in the industry for quite a while, we've kind of derailed from some of the basic fundamentals and then a lot of newer stylists really uh, a lot of you haven't put focus and attention on some of these fundamental rules and laws and knowledge of hair and hair color and chemicals so i'm going to take it back to the basics and today i want to talk about the canvas So there are so many amazingly talented, creative artists in the world, um, each with their own canvas that they work on, right? Some people's canvas is actual canvas, wood, um, walls, and, and so we all have different canvases that we work on. And so for our industry, the canvas that we work on is universally the same, Kind of. So yes, we all typically work on hair as our canvas, but as we all know, hair isn't just hair, right? It's incredibly nuanced and there's so many variables to the canvas that we work on every day that no two heads are ever the same shit. Like even on the same head of hair, there are different colors and issues and and different canvases and obstacles that we need to tackle. So I want to spend a little bit of time today to remind you of how nuanced hair can be, okay? So typically, a lot of colorists operate with the mentality that hair and hair color are kind of like a one-size-fits-all. Hear me out. This is why in in working on the manufacturer side and just seeing the back-end stuff, you guys, the number one sold color in the hair color manufacturing world is a 6N across the board in almost all brands. So I want to take it back to beauty school for a minute and just revisit the canvas and talk about some of the things that make it so nuanced. So just so you know, the reason I reference 6N being the number one color sold is because literally everybody just uses 6N on a regular basis. And although it's great and 6Ns are amazing, um, manufacturers have so many other colors to choose from and so you know I'd like to encourage you to step outside of your 6n comfort zone and explore the possibilities in hair color so like I said I want to revisit the canvas and I want you to think about when you were in beauty school most likely you had the milady textbook depending on when you went to beauty school some of you guys did virtually, so it was a PDF. But Milady textbook, there was a page on a cross section of hair. Okay. I hope you experienced a little bit of nostalgia thinking about being in your color theory room in beauty school, because I know I did. Sheesh. But okay, so in reality, though, let's take a stroll down memory lane and just talk about hair. I'm not going to talk about texture and porosity and melanin. We're just going to talk about hair. So first we have the cuticle layers, right? So remember in your textbook, there was that cross section. It was like a sphere or circle is cut in half and you can see all of the hair. Okay. 
So the cuticle layers are the first things that we learn about. Here's a common misconception. A lot of people think the cuticle is a layer. Um, it's layers, okay? And these layers are hair's protective barrier or shield that ensures that the hair's more fragile layers are intact and that they remain intact. So scientifically speaking, the National Center for Biotechnology Information, NCBI, defines a hair cuticle as a layer of dead cells that form a protective layer around the strand. So cuticles are made up of scaly looking cells that overlap and protect the other layers that make up a single hair strand. So my beauty school teacher used to always say it's like shingles on a roof. There is not one layer, it's multiple layers of cuticles that are basically dead skin cells according to the NCBI. So something I want you guys to know is that cuticles don't, they don't open and close. There are no hinges, no swings, no doors. Like it's not an open and close situation. They swell and expand when an alkaline product is applied to them, which is what allows the hair color action to even happen. So it's important to know what the working pH of your products are so that you know what you're putting the hair through, okay? Cuticle layers are also translucent, not transparent. So you can see all of the pigment and melanin that are found in the cortical fibers through the cuticle layers, okay? So they are translucent. They're not, it's not see-through. It's like, it's not transparent. They're translucent. This is why you can see what melanin is in the hair, but it's not vibrant. The cuticle layers are really make or break for hair to look healthy. So the more intact the cuticle layers are, the shinier and healthier the hair will look. The more damaged and porous these cuticle layers are, well, the more like hay the hair will look. So if you guys go over to my blog, I have some really cool pictures of um, a healthy cuticle and not so healthy cuticle. Um, and so I'm looking at that picture now. And so the not so healthy cuticle picture it looks a little frayed, it looks a little special. Um, so this happens for many reasons, okay? Cuticle damage. So number one, too much alkalinity over and over and over again. So the more times you apply alkaline product to the hair strands, the more damage you cause. So like I said, the alkalinity softens and swells. And then hair kind of restricts back to normal. And then it softens and swells. And then it restricts back to normal. So back to normal. So the more you do that softening and swelling, restricting and, restricting and constricting, the more you do that, the more damage and porosity you cause. So we have to be careful with what we're putting on the hair. Too much alkalinity, no, no. Using heat with bleach, wow, like... There are so many people, and I'm not shunning you, I'm not talking smack, but there's a lot of you who put foils and bleach under a dryer. And I'll share a story. I had a client sit in my chair a couple years ago, and her hair was not necessarily damaged. Like, there wasn't breakage. She had a solid perimeter. It wasn't, like, see-through and stringy, but it was so dry, and it felt like crap and I couldn't really figure out what was going on because I would do these repairing treatments and these protein treatments and moisture and it just it like felt like crap and so one day 
Um, I finished her hair and we blew dry it out and it looked pretty good. And she goes, wow, you know, it's so cool that you get my hair this blonde without putting me under the dryer. I was sitting under the dryer in my old salon for an hour. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So when you use heat with bleach, you're accelerating the lightening process significantly. And when you accelerate the lightening process significantly, some collateral catastrophical damage can occur. So again, with this client in particular, there wasn't any breakage, but her hair just felt dry. Have you ever experienced that? I want you to think about your clients. Have you ever experienced that? And then see if it has anything to do with them being put under the dryer. Also, side note, I don't know of any manufacturer that recommends putting bleach under the dryer. In fact, most of them have a like warning against it, like do not put this under heat um, for many, many reasons. One of them being the damage that it causes. Uh, another reason being that it becomes very unstable. Sometimes it can separate and it's just, it's bad. So if you're using heat with your bleach, I'm gonna encourage you to find another alternative. Find another lightener, or maybe use like a blow dryer with a diffuser just for a couple of minutes just to help speed things up. But do not put your clients under the dryer, guys. Uh, it's jacking up their hair. Another reason that you can kind of mess with somebody's cuticle is if your, your tools, right? The tools that you're using on them or the tools that they're using at home with no heat protection, so serums and leave-ins and gloss and all these products that have heat protection, it's there for a reason. It's there to protect the hair from the high heat from these tools. So encourage you to make sure that your clients are using a product that has a good heat protectant, not just what you're using on them in the salon, what's in their countertop at home, right? Making sure to inform them and educate them how important it is because once you start creating damage in the cuticle layers it's even more likely that the damage is going to go into the cortical fibers and then we're in trouble so if we can try to keep these cuticle layers healthy and intact with you know making sure we're not putting too much alkalinity on the hair making sure we're not using heat with our bleach and making sure we're using a heat protectant these are good first steps to ensure healthy cuticle layers um there's also a lot of other factors it's not it's not pretty when this happens to the cuticle layers. And honestly, no amount of Bond Builder can help the cuticle layers, okay? Bond Builders bond builders help with cortical fibers. And honestly, I go in depth on how to formulate for different textures in my fundamentals course shop to avoid situations like jacked up cuticles occurring. So you can go to combededucation.com slash fundamentals if you're interested and use the coupon code COMIES. 50. So C-O-M-B-I-E-S 50 for 50% off. So that's a little bit about the cuticle. Let's talk about the cortical fibers, also known as the cortex. Again, I think we're taught like cuticle, cortex, medulla, like it's a single thing and it's not. So cuticle is layers. Remember, we have layers of cuticle. Average hair has seven to 10 layers. Um, resistant gray hair up to 20, 25 layers. It just kind of depends on the canvas. But then we have the cortical fibers. So like I said, we all assume that the cortex is a solid mass of stuff. 
But the truth is the cortex is actually fibrous, like almost like rope with chains of polypeptides and amino acids, bonds, and the CMC, which holds it all together. So in the cortical fibers is where permanent hair color happens, okay? Alkalinity softens and swells the cuticle layer to allow color and developer and alkalizers and all of these things to occur in the cortical fiber. This is why we call it permanent. It's permanently changing the structure of the hair. Permanent color does not necessarily mean it's never going to fade. All color fades. Permanent color means that the structure of the hair fiber is altered permanently. So the cortex or the cortical fibers is where all the permanent color occurs. And here's the thing. Each client has a different um, amount of cortical fibers and melanin in the hair. So the real determining factors are texture and DNA. It's in the cortex where permanent color happens, where lightning hair occurs, bond builders work in the cortical fibers, and some products, like regular products, can actually get in the cortex to help um, repair, but this can only happen if the cuticle layers are really damaged. That's where you have your quote unquote open door to the cortex. So when you're dealing with cuticle layers that are frayed and severely damaged and major porosity, then some products can begin to get into the cortical fibers because there is no cuticle layers protecting it. I'm hoping this is making sense for you. So let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed that sometimes semi-permanent color will actually last longer on damaged and porous hair? So this is because semi-permanent colors, like your vivids and your, your direct dyes, sometimes can act like a demi-permanent on hair that has damaged cuticle layers. So semi-permanent typically stains the cuticle layers, but in these situations when the cuticle layers are completely jacked, it also gets into the cortex and kind of like fills the gaps, allowing it to last longer than a demi could. Plus the dyes, the dye molecules in semi-permanent color in direct dyes, they're larger and they don't need oxidation. So it would be probably smart of you to, when you're dealing with a client whose hair is just, I don't want to say fried, but just severely damaged cuticle layers are shot, cortical fibers are wiry, um, a direct dye or a semi-permanent color great option for toning um this will last longer on them than a acidic demi-permanent or even an alkaline i wouldn't even imagine putting an alkaline demi-permanent on hair like that but a semi-direct dye that's going to be your best bet so again on the blog um i have pictures of the cortical fibers they look delicious <laughs> Okay, and then lastly, to wrap up this Canvas podcast, I'm going to go into more in depth on the Canvas in future podcasts. But if you really want to learn um, about the fundamentals of hair, hair color, and color theory, I'm telling you, the Fundamentals Course Shop can change your career um, because we learn all about in depth the Canvas, the chemicals, and the laws. So let's talk about the medulla. This is still a huge topic of discussion in the industry. People are 
kind of confused or not clear. Um, so I'll tell you what I know and I'll tell you what I found and then you be the judge. So what I do know is this, fine hair typically doesn't have a medulla, whereas coarse hair does. So it has been said that the medulla is a pigment reservoir. So there's more melanin in there. Who knows? Um, or it's also been said that the medulla is absolutely pointless. It's also been said that the medulla has more sponge keratin. More research needs to be done on this as it stands right now in 2022. We don't really know the purpose of the medulla. All we know is fine hair typically doesn't have a medulla. Coarse hair typically does. So like I said at the top of this, understanding the canvas that you are working on, like fully understanding it, is really the first step in becoming a master. There is more to understanding the canvas besides the cuticles, cortex, and medulla. So I wanna write a little bit more about the variables and the different canvases that we work on and how to identify them to make sure that you get the possible outcomes in hair color. But again, I know I keep plugging it, but I worked so hard in making sure that the Fundamentals course shop was full of so much information, so much knowledge, so many truth bombs, so much gold nuggets. Um, so if you haven't, I encourage you to look into it and read about what other people are saying, those who've done the course shop. I think, like I said, this is something that can change your career. So I hope you had fun going down and visiting Memory Lane, talking about our Milady textbook in beauty school, and really talking about the canvas that we work on every single day. Um, with that being said, I appreciate you so much for taking your time and listening. If you found value in this episode, please share it. And until next time, happy hair coloring.